Sidesteps the tackler into the open field. One man to beat. He could go. The 40. The 30. Extends the hands. He has Wilson. Quick throw. And it's good. Intercepted. Welcome to the Inside Zone Podcast. Hello and welcome everybody to the Inside Zone episode 3 over here on iTunes. Uh, today, a bit of a different one today. Today it's only me and Perfect on the podcast. Nick, unfortunately, cannot be with us. Although he has sent in uh, some words for us from uh, wherever he may be in the UK. Uh, a little bit of gloating in that message about his lock of the week last week. And he's also given us his lock for the upcoming week. So let's let's start off with looking back at the locks last week. So perfect, you were perfect. You had the Jets to beat the Pats in New England, and that came in correct. Nick also had the Saints to beat the Bucks at home. He was also correct. However, I may have let the side down. I went for the Seahawks <laughs> to beat the Cardinals in Seattle, and. Uh, uh, Catanzaro, Catanzaro, is that is that correct? I'm not sure how to say his name. <laughs> anyway, he kicked the field goal that screwed up our locks of the week. So two out of three, not too bad. And I think we'll we'll quickly check in with Nick, see what's going on with him. Hi everybody, hi Tom, hi Perfect. Hope your Christmases were good. Um, it was an interesting Christmas of sort of Christmas miracles, wasn't it? We had the Browns getting their first win of the season. Hurrah! We had Rex Ryan being fired. Hurrah! And we had, of course, my luck of the week, the Saints, the 6-8 Saints to beat the 8-6 Buccaneers. It came in, of course it did. So I'd just like to stand here for a second and bask in the glory of my excellent luck. This week, I'm going for the Chiefs to beat the free-falling San Diego Chargers. I think that's a pretty certain lock. San Diego looked dreadful. It'll be Mike McCoy's last game in charge. It'll be fun all around. Happy New Year. Uh, Shall we move on to this week's agenda, where we're going to look at two games that we think are going to be interesting in the final week of the season, before we talk a little bit of Dallas Eagles and Rex Ryan. And then we'll finish by talking about the big game over in the NFC North. We've got the Packers at Lions. So, perfect. How about you kick us off with the game... One of the games you're looking forward to this weekend. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to the Texans versus Titans. Well, of course, because I'm a Texans fan, but this is a very interesting game for week 17 because you have the Houston Texans who are a lock for number four seed in the AFC by winning the AFC South, which is the worst division in football. But they won it. So before this game started, they've won a division. They have nothing to play for, except now they have a new starting quarterback in Tom Savage. And it'll be interesting to see, will they try to just rest their starters, which I don't think will help them going into the playoffs, or will they try to get in some valuable work for Savage so that maybe they can put together a game plan to eventually win a playoff game um, in that first in that first game in the wild card, where they'll be hosting someone, most likely, yeah, they'll be hosting one of the other wild card teams. But um, another interesting thing about this game is Matt Castle is back after the injury to Marcus Mariota. Matt Castle gets another chance to to either wow people with a flash of brilliance or prove that he's not a very good quarterback at all and sink the ship. 
So with that, it's an interesting game because there's a lot going on that doesn't mean much, but it could have implications down the road for both of these teams, depending on where they're going to go. I, I will confess I was a little bit surprised when you chose this one as a, a game you were looking forward to when I saw Tom Savage versus Matt Castle. But I, I agree with you. I think it would be an interesting one. I think this, I, I'm not sure whether it's too far to say that Savage could be an upgrade over Osweiler. Although I think it will be interesting to see how he, uh, how, he, how he handles this game. You know, he, he looked mm, okay-ish against the Bengals last week, got the win ultimately. But I think this would be an interesting one to see just how how much the Texans are going to, I don't want to say get rolled over in the playoffs because anything could happen, but I mean, this this is a, a team that has limped into the playoffs. I mean, I'm still unsure how the Titans or the Colts didn't win this division, but I think like you said... Texans had the best had the best strategy. Beat every team in your division and win three more games. That's exactly what they did. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it could be an interesting one just to see, although I'm not sure... Too many people are going to tune in to watch Tom Savage versus Matt Castle. That might be a little bit of a ratings killer. (laughs) Definitely an interesting one. Uh, Right, I think we've got a little bit of a similar theme developing here. Because my next game is also a bit of a homer pick. But it's also going to feature a backup quarterback. So I've got the Patriots at Dolphins game. Now, this is not like the Texans-Titans game. This has got very real playoff implications. The Dolphins, despite having a playoff uh, wrapped up, you know, they're locked into being in the playoffs. They're not resting anyone, despite the playoff berth. And this is with a team that needs to beat the Patriots and have the Chiefs lose the Chargers in order for them to get a potential game against the Texans rather than Steelers. So this is going to be a big test for this young Dolphins team. The Patriots, they're also playing their full roster. You know? I mean, they want to cement home field advantage, take it that away from the Raiders. Uh, the Pats lost this exact, basically this exact same game last year, and it cost them home field advantage. Miami has not lost at home versus New England for the past three years. They're looking to go 4-0. And this is going to be a very big test for Matt Moore, who's looked oh, oh he looked good versus the Jets, and he looked okay versus the Bills. This, this is going to be the real test to see just how far he can potentially take this Dolphins team into the playoffs. And this is also going to be a big test for Jay against the lowest points allowed defense in the NFL. This is going to be a very big test for this for this Dolphins team and this Patriots team is also going to have to earn this. They're going to have to earn this victory against the Dolphins. I'm not sure if you've got any any thoughts on this game at all. Um, yeah, until maybe about an hour ago, I I still did not know exactly why these teams would be playing. Like I had to look it up because I don't pay attention too much to the division since New England ran away with it. But it will be interesting to see if both teams come out playing hard and see how long that lasts. Because you you have in New England, they're trying to get the number one seed. Yeah. They're already going to have a bye if they have the number two seed. So they can play as hard as they want and know that next week they're off. Miami doesn't really have that luxury. They can play as hard as they can so they get a, a more favorable matchup. But at the same time, when will they get to that point where they're like, we can't just keep pressing this one game knowing that we have a game next week. I think it'll be interesting to see how much strategy is used as well as how hard the players play. Because even though it's a better matchup to play the Texans, they know next week they have a game. So that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to see if the players are going all out on both sides. I'm I'm not being funny, but this this Dolphins team wins or loses based on how their defensive line plays. And this... 
This defense that just played overtime in Buffalo played 90 snaps. 90 plays on defense. That's, yeah. that's something that's going to tire any team out. And I mean, Jay Ajayi is instrumental to the Dolphins. He's got a little bit of a banged up shoulder. Are we really going to see him touch the rock 35 times against the Patriots? I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure. Uh, we'll move on, perfect, to your second game. You are staying in the AFC East. So we've got the whole division covered by the look of things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going with the Jets and the Bills. Again, a, a game that doesn't have playoff implications. Because, I mean, we know which games are the big games to watch. But I'm looking for games that it's be interesting to see what these teams do during a week that means nothing to us. But it might mean something to them. The Bills, they've been playing hard. They haven't been playing great. And that's why they're not even making the playoffs. They've been playing hard, and then Rex Ryan gets fired, the quarterback gets benched all within a week, and you still have one game left. Like, I'm I'm really excited to see how they respond to what all has transpired in the last week. Will they come out and play during this last game, or will they, like, roll over and be like, you know what, the organization doesn't believe in us, why should we go out and play? And on the other hand, the Jets um, – I mean, it would be nice to see them play, but at the same time, I feel like they kind of phoned it in a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that works in the game. And even with the Jets, like with uh, Bryce Petty's injury, are you going to play Fitzmagic one last time? Because he won't be on this team next year. They're, we all know that. Or do you go for, with the rookie Hackenberg? and see if you can get some good quality practice game reps out of him. Uh, personally, I say Fitz is done. Uh, yeah. Go with Hackenberg. Work on certain things in the game. Once it gets to a point that you're not doing anything at all, take him out and save him and give Fitzpatrick like the trash time. Yeah. But it, it really does depend on how the, how the Bills attack them. Will the Bills come with their full force, or will the Bills just kind of – play it kind of like a scrimmage i i have no idea what they're gonna do but it's kind of exciting to see because people are gonna be at this game and they're gonna expect to see football so what are the teams gonna do yeah this this could be interesting i mean especially if anthony lynn is head coach i mean this guy followed rex ryan from from new york he was the running backs coach there he was the running backs coach at the start of the year he then took over as offensive coordinator i think it was about three games into the season and he basically reinvigorated this whole you know, rushing attack that they've got going with Shady McCoy and Tyrod Taylor. So it'll be interesting yes. to see how that turns out. I, I think I agree. With you. I think the Jets threw the towel in weeks ago trying to get the higher draft pick. And I, I know they like refuse to play their rookie quarterbacks like they did with Bryce Petty last year and they want to red, red shirt Hackenberg this year. But I mean, come on. Is it doing your franchise any favours to play Ryan Fitzpatrick at this game? I mean, we, you know what he is. You, you don't need to see anything yeah. else. Why not go with Hackenberg? It's just oh, it must be so frustrating for Jets fans to to just look at the organization's standpoint where they're just absolutely like refusing to play this guy. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a weird thing about this game is looking at both of these organizations going into this game. Like, will the players play for these organizations during this last week with nothing to play for? It's it's going to be interesting. I think the guys that are in contract years might be maybe turning up for the <laughs> to try and yeah. one last bit on. Maybe the only ones. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. So my final game, uh, I had another game which was uh, an interdivision rivalry, also a game with playoff 
uh, implications, we'll call it. And it also features a backup quarterback. So I've gone for the Raiders at Broncos. So the Raiders will be looking to lock up the AFC West to guarantee themselves a first-round buy from the Chiefs. But they're also going to be looking to challenge New England for home field advantage. And I've, for me, the biggest storyline for this game has to be how will Matt McGloin, Matt McGloin fare as he looks to steer this Raiders ship following Carr's broken fibula. I mean, he, he can make all the throws, but he's nowhere near the arm talent of what Carr brings you. And in terms of the Broncos, I mean, it's a wasted season with a Super Bowl-caliber defense, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, if, if John Elway had got Colin Kaepernick in the offseason or maybe... You know, someone else apart from Mark Sanchez and Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. Maybe we could talk about the Broncos going to the, as a, a Super Bowl favourite here. But I, f I think John Elway and Broncos will want to play spoiler here. And it's just going to be a good test to see how Matt McLuhan is going to fare. Because I, I was really high on this Raiders team. I thought they were the only team outside of the Steelers in the AFC that could potentially challenge New England. But now that Carr's out, I mean, it's going to be going to be interesting to see, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Definitely going to be an interesting game. Um, it, like you said, it's all about Matt McGloin and what he does in this game. And it'll be interesting because the Broncos are not a team you know to kind of lie down. Mm -hmm. Even though they're not going to playoffs, they are loving the opportunity to play spoiler for a team in their division. Yeah, And I, I feel sad for the Raiders because – as good as they've played this season, the Chiefs have played just as well, and they they need to win this game to secure that bye. Yeah, a loss in this game could drop them from the two seed to uh, potentially the three seed, which would take away the bye. Yeah, and they a win could put them in the first seed. So there, it's a lot of up and down based yeah. on this game. With McGloin, who no one really knows what he's going to give you against this Broncos defense, which, like you said, is still a Super Bowl caliber defense. And they can turn it on this one last time and prove that. So mm. definitely going to be one of the, the good games to watch. It's it's crazy that this, this is such a good game of so many narratives, yet it's, it's not the game of the week, which we will talk about later in, in the podcast. Uh, quickly, how about we move on to a little topic uh, heading into the final week of the season? Uh do you believe the Dallas Cowboys, they've got home field advantage clinched, you know, don't talk about playoffs, I mean, they're, they're there, and they've got home field advantage the whole way, but do you think that they should be playing their starters or resting them at Philadelphia in the last week of the season? What, what do you think? Perfect. Personally, I'm going to go from, a, it's not as a fan, but from a football standpoint, um, football is about routine. You're... Your routine is to practice a certain amount of days, go through certain plays, and then play in a game. Now, do you want to play your starters the whole game? No. But I would have a plan in, pay, in place, and I, and I really hope that they do, where we, we say the starters are going to go two or three series into this game. Get a feel, get some rhythm going, and then we slowly start to ease in our backups, and by halftime, all our key players are done. But – you still you got to remember with the Cowboys, your quarterback is a rookie. Yeah, this is his first season. Your your MVP candidate running back is a rookie. These are reps. These are you. These are precious reps before you have a bye week, and then go into the playoffs. So get these reps while you can. Stay fresh. Don't overexert. Don't try anything too exotic. But it'd be a good time to kind of work a couple kinks out, maybe. 
fix some reads that you couldn't get earlier in the season. Work on a couple of things in the first couple of drives, see where it takes you, and then finish the game calmly with your backups. I, I totally agree. I, th- I think you kind of see it as a preseason week week three game, maybe. Is that, is that how you view it? Yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> to, preseason to me, week three. To me, I see it as, I think it's a week four. I mean, the, the 2007 Dallas Cowboys, they were 13-2 and two before they rested their starters in the final game against the Redskins. They lost that game 13-3. to three. They then had two weeks to wait before they played the Giants and lost 17-21 to 21 in the division round. They were the hottest team in football that year. You know, they had Romo, Dez, it was firing on all cylinders, and, and they went out. And to me, cool I think if, like you said, if you've got the winning formula, I don't think you change it. I'm not saying that they give Ezekiel Elliott 40 touches a game. I, mean, I, I think he should be on a pitch count, potentially. I think there should be, you know, limit Zeke to... 15 to 18 touches, I think, should should be about the, the right amount. And then, I mean, if it is a blowout by the fourth quarter, I, I think there's a very, very big decision made there. I mean, would you play Tony Romo or Mark Sanchez? Who, who would you who would you bring in? I would definitely bring in Romo. You think? Cause, because, yeah. I, like you said, I would, I would see it as kind of like a dress rehearsal. In the playoffs, if, Zach, if, if Dak Prescott goes down... You're not putting in Sanchez. You're putting in Tony Romo. Exactly. So why not let them get some of those reps? This I, is a perfect game for them I, to just get good quality reps against a rival. But, so you know the Eagles aren't going to lay down for them, but good chance, I think. That's that's what scares me. Is that is that this this Eagles with their front seven? That's you know they've they've got quite a dominant pass rush. Do you want to see Tony Romo holding his back, and then you go into the playoffs knowing that you're potentially one snap away from seeing Mark Sanchez under center? Is that is that something Cowboys fans want to? Well, I think you have to think of it from the standpoint of it's it's going to be. I'm going to put in Tony Romo for the wash time. He's going to be working through certain progressions. We're going to keep the the game plan simple while he's in, and it's going to be reps. If they start bringing the house then we're going to shut it down and start handing the ball off and concede the game because we have nothing to gain from them bringing the house against our quarterback. As a coach, they're going to be able to see that and be like, okay, well, they don't want to give us a good look, then we're done. But I don't think you want to keep Romo out as well because he needs a little bit of live reps before the playoffs. That would be helpful for him, especially in case there is an injury. Yeah, I think they have the perfect situation that it's a rivalry game, an in-division, in-division game, and they're going to get a good look. It's not like they're playing a team like, I mean, like the Jets, who have nothing to offer them if they wanted to, you know? There, yeah. There's going to be a little animosity because it's a division game, so you're going to get good quality football. But at the same point, I think the Cowboys are going to be smart and not take it too far. I, I agree. I, I think we could be seeing a whole lot of Alfred Morris this game potentially. And just just one final yes. just one final point quickly before we move on. Do you question the trick play versus the Lions bringing that little chestnut with Des Bryant for to win? Do you question bringing that out now and not saving it for the playoffs potentially? Do you think that was a a missed opportunity? Uh I'm not sure. Um, I I don't I can't say that I um, read Jason Garrett's mind and understand exactly what he was thinking. But I do think that it was something that I think that the reason they showed it was they wanted people to know it was there. Yeah, that, I think there's a larger picture that you show that so that people know that, hey, we have something in the works. Yeah. I don't think that was their real money shot, but I think it was just something to show. 
Is it one of the things where they do it just to put it on the film? So people know every time they see Des Bryant go for an end around, they go, oh my God, he's going to throw it. That's that's exactly what I think they did. Um, there's a lot of that done. There's a lot of things that you you run a play just so that when someone's watching film, that's one extra play they have to prepare for during the week. Exactly. So yeah. now you just make their, their practices that much harder. <laughs> I, I do think that's something they were doing. Yeah. Uh, quickly, we'll just address this for 30 seconds. Not too long at all. Uh, Rex Ryan firing. Correct decision? Uh, timing was horrible. Okay. I think it, it doesn't make sense to fire him a week before the last game. Mm. Um, also, two years. He's only been with them two years. I mean, he yeah. finished 15 and 16. That's not – what coach only gets two years to turn around an organization? Basically, the Bills are telling everybody that winning isn't their priority. Like, if you want to win, you need to build. And they're saying, we're not going to give you time to build. We think we have what we need to win now. And that's not the case, and anyone else will tell you that. So I don't know. I feel bad for anybody that's a Bills fans yeah. because you're going to be going through a very hard time the next couple of years. Yeah, and I, I agree with everything you said apart from, apart from the one point about the timing. I mean, this defense has regressed over the last two years. It's something that Ryan usually prides himself on. Uh, he totally ignores the offenses in New York. I mean, yeah, 15 and 16, that's that's quite a good record, isn't it? I mean, but this this is a franchise that has the longest playoff drought. I mean, it's not been... This is the 17th season now where they've not been to the playoffs. That's 1999 the last time. But I, I'm going to disagree and say that... Just quickly, I'm going to say that I, I think the timing was correct. I mean, if if you're not happy... With, if you're at the organization and you're not happy with the head coach, then then I think it makes sense to fire them in week 16, not 17. Why Why not get that extra week's head start on trying to find your head coach for next year. You know, you get to talk to the candidates a little bit earlier, get get you know, get your name out there a little bit and maybe do a little bit more give yourself an extra week to scout the the candidates. That that that's anything I I disagree with there. Well, well yeah, I mean actually I agree with you there from that as from that viewpoint of hey, now people know that there's a vacancy there. It's good to have that one week uh, jump into the market. Definitely yeah. definitely something to think about from the organization standpoint. But there's going to be a lot of lot of attractive jobs at the minute. You know, you got the Jags with that young team, the Rams with that fairly young team, and then you got the Bills as well. So I mean, there's going to be a lot of a lot of interesting decisions to come. Uh, before we wrap up the podcast, we will do the game of the week. This is the primetime game. It's going to be the Packers at Lions for the NFC North. Who, firstly, who do you think is going to win? And then give us a, about a minute about your thoughts about the game. I will only give you about 15 seconds. <laughs> R-E-L-A-X. Aaron Rodgers is the man, and he will not lose this game. That's all I'm saying about it. That's it? Oh, are we Mike dropping? Yes. Oh, Mike <laughs> has dropped. <laughs> Have we got a score? Have we got a score in mind? If, if I was to give it a score, I'm going to tell you, 24 to 17. Oh, that's that's close. I I have 24 to 20 for the Packers. Uh, I, I I must admit I was trying to do the stats today and I was looking at the stats and I was just thinking to myself, you know, you can throw every single stat out in the world about sacks allowed, sack numbers, turnovers, passing versus passing defense versus passing offense, but uh, I think at the end of the day, to me, it just comes down to Stafford versus Rodgers. And who I believe exactly. has the more talented roster around them. And since since week ten, is there a stronger MVP candidate than, than Aaron Rodgers? Uh, no, uh, that's what's uncanny is 
Matt Stafford has put in a bid all throughout the season as an MVP candidate, and Aaron Rodgers has come on late, and he's come on at perfect timing. This is the most dangerous team going into the playoffs, not named the Kansas City Chiefs. Hmm. Yeah. There's a team down in South Florida that's very hot at the minute as well, but we'll, we'll ignore that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, are we both going to go for we're both going for the Packers? I presume, yeah. Yes, definitely yeah. Packers. Yeah, I mean this this Lions team just got lit up by Dallas, and they're on a short week as well with all the difficulties. Although I did I did like Zach Zena. I thought he had a, he had a great game against Dallas, and he could be someone who the Lions could. Well, surprising, yeah, yeah they, surprising. I I don't see him as much of a, a full like running back, but he actually does play really well. Is it just me, or does he look more like he's built like a, a fullback? Was that was that not something someone else, anyone else picked up on when they were? Uh, I don't know. I don't think he's built like a fullback. I, I think he reminds you of previous fullbacks he, that he might just, have looked like him. He's chunky, though. He looked a little bit, little bit low center of gravity. You know, low to the ground a little bit. He's low. short. I think he's yeah. short. He's definitely short. Maybe, maybe that's but, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So that has been our quick episode three. We did a shorter one this week because obviously it's the holidays, so we didn't want you guys to be sat there with your headphones the whole time. So uh, happy holidays to everyone who's listening. And we will quickly look ahead. Right, so last week, I let the side down. My lock of the week didn't come through. So this week, I thought I'd go for maybe a little bit of a riskier one again. Uh, I have gone for the Indianapolis Colts to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, who last week got the win. So I've got Colts over Jags. What have you got, Perfect? Uh, I have... Pats over Dolphins. Oh, that hurt. That hurt. That was disgusting. They have so much more to play for than the Dolphins do, so it just makes sense. I think they're going to come at them hard, early, score, and then give the ball to LeGarrette Blunt and and run out the time. I I do believe that LeGarrette Blunt could be getting three touchdowns this game, and maybe Jordan Nelson goes mental as well this week, but that that's 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 my players to watch for the week so thank you for listening guys uh be sure to subscribe to the podcast over on itunes or on soundcloud whichever one you prefer uh leave us a rating as well leave a rating and a comment on soundcloud um itunes even that really helps us out uh go follow us individually on twitter and tweet at us at the inside zone uk which games you're looking forward to this week and from the two of us here hopefully we get nick back next week that'd be good to get the trio back together Uh, Thanks for watching and happy holidays. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the website at www.theinsidezone.com. Till next time.